Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Mike. And this is Gary. And this is Daniel. Good to be back together again. Seems like the long holidays have uh, taken us away. It's good to be back at the table and talking about these particular topics. Yes. Tonight we've had a couple of requests regarding uh, the first step. Um, what a great step to revisit. What do you think? Do you have uh, you have some thoughts regarding the first step? What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's a great place to start. It's better than starting at step 10. <laughs> uh, or step 4. <laughs> That's a true but, story. Um that is the great thing about the steps, though, is you have a place to start. And it, it, I really like that. I really like the fact that it, it every story needs a start and it needs a, an end, yeah. or at least a. And I, the idea of being able to start again is a beautiful thing about recovery. It just simply is. Well, and the nice thing about, it, at least in my mind, of step one is it's like okay, so you're giving the story of your addiction, where you've come from to where you are now. And it's kind of this nice way of unburdening this and putting it out there because we've, we've had this secret. We've had this hidden part of ourselves for X number of years, decades, whatever, wherever you're at in your life when you're finally doing this. And it's finally unburdening yourself. Right. And yep. then you do that in front of a bunch of your peers you know, in the 12-step group, and they and these are people that understand. It's not some people that are just like, holy crap, and they're going to be like white-faced and want to start, you know, pulling out torches and pitchforks. No, these are people that will genuinely understand what you've been through, even if it's not exactly the same. So you know what might be helpful for this for this conversation? Sure. Is um, let's go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead and read the first step. Yes, go for it. Okay. And then uh, we can talk a little bit about... Um, traditionally what our SAA groups have done okay. when when we get together and, and we do a first step. Sounds good. And uh, and because, you know, other 12-step other groups do it a little bit differently, but we can share a little bit of our experience and, and you know, maybe what we hope to accomplish by doing that. So uh, here, is, here is the first step per SAA. Okay. All right. It says, we admitted that we were powerless over our addictive sexual behavior, that how our lives had become unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Now, in our SAA groups, it's kind of tradition, as you go through your first step, is that you'll sit down and you kind of uh, kind of write a little of your, your life story, yeah. okay? And then when you do your first step, you'll get before, you can do it in front of the entire group, or you can just invite some a selected group of people, uh, definitely your, your sponsor is going to be involved, but then you'll kind of read this story. And this story doesn't, uh, doesn't hold all of the nitty gritty or the gory details Correct. of everything that you've done, but it's thorough enough that it, uh, helps anybody who's listening the story know a little bit of who you are, where you came from, and then the width and the breadth of what it is that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Kind of I want to add a couple of components to that yeah, too. Go right? ahead. I don't want to cut you off, but I, I, uh, 
that story has to focus on these two words. It's the powerlessness and unmanageability yes. of our addiction. Uh-huh. And I think that that needs to come out. This is not just a story about how tough my life has been. This is a story about <clears throat> those moments in my life when I experienced powerlessness over my problems and unmanageability that it's created as a result of all of that. Because right. I, I think there are times when perhaps we came off victor a time or two with our with our addictive behaviors. But but what this is really trying to get at is the moments of unmanageability and the powerlessness associated with it. Right. It's it's an opportunity to admit that we're powerless over our addictive sexual behaviors and what that looks like, what the unmanageability looks like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to give that kind of as a yeah. as a background because, you know, maybe your maybe your twelve step uh tradition's a little bit different, in which case I'd really love to hear about it. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. No. I, I want to add something, too, that uh, that Daniel kind of hit on. That, that There is, you know, we're not talking about alcohol addictive behaviors, right? right. I, I can pitch out on any social media platform that I'm X amount of days clean in my alcohol addictive behaviors and have support from everyone who's a member of my social media group, whether they know anything about alcohol or don't. Mm-hmm. But I, but I have yet to be able to do the same thing when it comes to, when it comes to this particular addictive behavior. Oh, and yeah. so, to be sharing something that is so intimate, so detailed, so difficult, and so isolating that I've experienced my whole entire life, to share that in a room full of other individuals who, um, who, who know exactly what I've experienced, who know to the to the minute detail of how painful and unmanageable and difficult this particular topic is. And now for them to hear it from me from the very first time is a powerful, powerful moment. It just simply is. And, um, and it's the first time it really comes out vocally. So to be surrounded by people who love and support and want the very best from you and they're not family they're not spouses mm-hmm. they're not any of those things these are people who really understand in great detail how difficult this topic is it is so powerful so meaningful no i agree mm-hmm. you know i remember mine and you know as i'm reading it you know i remember tr- shaking i remember you know tears coming um, and it was actually one of the first times I actually let my emotions come out while I was reading something. Cause normally I'm always, you know, smiling, everything's happy, joyful, everything's great. You know, um, our, our therapist told me you need to let those out. Otherwise people are just going to think you're disingenuous. And so I remember doing that. And then I, I, I just remember as I continue reading just the fear and the dread building and building and I get to the end and I'm just like, all right, they're going to kick me out of here. And not a single person did. Everyone was so warm and kind in their words. And it's like all that dread that had been building up just like went away almost instantly when the first person spoke. And it was like, wow, here are people that understand me. And, you know, and and I remember Mike's words just saying, well, you definitely came by this honestly. Um, and th- and it's true. We've all come by this honestly, uh, unfortunately. But this is a great step 
and it just allows us to open the door and start building on our recovery by going to the next step and the next step. And that's the, the wonderful thing about this process is each step builds you up to a point where you're ready for the next one. Yeah. In fact, I wanted to point that out, that it's really, really important to do your work well. Yeah. Because it's the foundation for the one that comes next. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in looking, you know, as working on step nine and looking back, I wouldn't be able to do this step without doing all the other ones before. Um, it's definitely not easy. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it and lie. It, there's some really hard work you have <clears throat> to do. But if you do it right, wow, it's really empowering. Especially this first one. I think every one of them are, you know, sort of the same caveat with each one of them. Do the work and do it right and spend the time with it and it'll be meaningful to you in your recovery. But this one at least is the start. It's the first time that you have an opportunity to vocalize what you've been living. Yeah. And that's a that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Again, this is not like this is not like alcoholism or overeating and, you know, support of the entire Internet community. When you throw it out there and say, I've got 25 days clean because I haven't had a drink in 25 days, right? That's that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. Even in recovery, there's some elements of isolation. So to be surrounded by people who completely get what you're experiencing and know full well and to have you vocalize it literally for the first time and have them embrace you and embrace your story and embrace your circumstance and supporting you and all of that is a is just a, it's a it's an unbelievable moment it just simply is <clears throat> yeah what advice would you guys have for somebody who is getting ready to do it getting ready to to do a first to step to start their first step or s- speak both i mean to start it definitely um at least for me uh be honest be honest to yourself, you know, and not only that, as you're writing this, be focused on you. Don't be focused on other people and the wrongs they've done you. Focus on the wrongs you've done, the things you have done. Um, you know, and, and there may be a component where, you know, well, somebody of mine introduced me to, to porn. Yes, you're going to put that in there. That's the starter. But, you know, you know, after that, what did you do with that? Did you go back? Did you sneak back to find that magazine? You, know, you got to focus on you. You have to be true to dig out those moments of powerlessness and unmanageability because we have them. You know, this It takes hold fast if you let it, and we've had that, and especially if it's been in our lives for a number of years. Um, you know, that was one thing that I'm grateful that our therapist pointed out is like just be honest and really dig those things out. And I did, and I made that thorough and complete. And if there is anything that you're feeling resistant in writing, write it down, because it needs to be put out there. I think you're on to something that that I want to be real clear about. This is a written story. This is a written story or history of your life. Mm -hmm. From the day that you first were introduced to this particular problem in your life till today, it's sort of a bring-me-up-to-date current kind of a moment. And it has to be in writing. I think oftentimes we think that this is some sort of a, let me just stand up and tell my story. Um, that's not what this is about. This is an opportunity for us to put our story as it relates to our addictive behaviors and 
and the moments of powerlessness and unmanageability. Those are those are three very critical components that go into our story that oftentimes when we're trying to convey our story in words uh, in front of an audience, in, in front of a group, just, just talking about it, that we miss those components. Those have to be the step one components and, and it has to be on paper because it has to, we have to have spent some time with that. That's not a just stand up and impromptu tell you about how bad my life has been kind of experience. Well, and the thing I like about getting it onto paper is it's now tangible. That's it's, right. It's not a secret. It's not this ethereal thing. It is now tangible. It's a physical object that has that story on it. Yeah. Um, there is yeah. something transformative about that where it becomes something that's been in my head. It's been in me all this time. Now it's physical. And, you yeah. know, and then you read it and put it out there. Uh, it's something else I learned a little bit from my sponsor, who happens to be on this podcast, so that works out pretty well. Um, <laughs> I, I'm amazed at, and I think he, Gary, I think you made mention multiple times that, you know, we're going to go back and, um, and make changes to our step one as our memory starts to come back, as we start to peel away the onion of all this, that we start to have deeper more, uh, you know, more mo more powerful moments of connection to our addictive behavior that we want to get into our story, and we do that, right? And I remember seeing your first step on paper where it was handwritten. Now, <clears throat> I tackled mine on a computer because I always wanted to go back and insert here and insert there. I how, tell me how tell this audience how many times you've rewritten your first step. I got to think it's countless numbers because you hand wrote yours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, I, yeah, it, it's definitely, it was definitely a living document for a very, very long time where I would go back and I've, I've essentially shared my first step many times. Um, but one of, one of the pieces, you know, I would, I remember working with Shane and, and I would write it out. And I would present it to him and he would look at it and say, all right. He says, now go back and use fewer words. And the, the reason that he would do that in my case is because I was so flowery in my language and kind of sugarcoaty on things that he wanted to challenge me to, to, to kind of whittle that down to the, to the, just the, the cleanest way that I possibly could. And that was an exercise for my benefit. And that may or may not help, you know, our listeners, but it was certainly something that I needed to do. But no, I've, I've had, I've re I've had to rewrite that several, several times. Yeah. In I fact, think there's I, actually something for me as well, because I think, uh, I tend to, I tend to bullshit literally so much that I think the facts and the meaning get get lost in all of the words. That's a that's a defense mechanism of my own act, addictive behavior. So I know what he was getting at when he would say that to you. He oh. speaks the same words to me. Yeah. <laughs> he also told me he says you're not trying to entertain anybody with this. What are you? Why are you writing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here, man? <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. I've. I've. The first time I did it, I wrote it, and I have very very tiny handwriting. So I, I, I wrote it out and then I, then I went back over it and I wrote it out again over the top of it. And I went back again and I wrote it over the top of it. So if you look at my first or my first mm -hmm. attempts at this, the story is rewritten three different times in three different ways. And so in a standard, it's like three lines per. Oh, wow. Per wow. Line. Oh yeah. It's, 
In fact, he used to, he used to have me show that quite a bit. And oh yeah, and then tell me how to use me as an example of what not to do and what eventually to do. Good times. Did you get eliminated? Oh, no, that. <laughs> no, I still have that. That poor thing is it's gonna fall apart. That's and why I'm blow saying away in the you wind, should get it laminated. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote mine, you know, on a computer. I can't, you know, and, and I've, I've written in a journal and stuff like that, but I can't imagine handwriting that out. Um, I'm sure it was a, ma- a great experience, um, but wow, the hand cramps. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, this? okay, I'm getting off on a tangent, but do you know he made, he made me write it with my left hand once? Oh, yeah. Has, has he ever I had, had an assignment see, or piece. see, I can do that. That's not a problem for me. Well, you're left-handed. That I'm right-handed, actually. Are you? Yeah. Are you, so I mean, my grandfather was left-handed, so I've learned how to do a lot, a lot of stuff of... left-handed, so I can do both. Fine. Quit showing off. It, it's not to show off. <laughs> but, like, if he'd done that, it'd be, all right, cool. Um, no, but he, he told but me. But that would be tough. Well, what he, the reason that he did it was, is he says, if you write it with your offhand, he says, you're going to access a different part of your brain. Gotcha. And he says, I want you to connect with this story in a way that you never have mm. before. So go write this down, write this part of it down with your left hand. Okay. And then come back and tell me what it was like. And, and boy, if any of you guys out there want an interesting experience, try that. Mm-hmm. Try writing a letter to yourself or something where you're having a hard time maybe emotionally connecting to something, sit down and write it down with your off hand uh-huh. and it'll look terrible, but no, it, I mean, it's an interesting I experience. I did something similar. So I actually changed the color of my screen. So it was yellow and changed the font to blue. Oh, interesting. So actually uh scientists have, so that's why um, attorneys use yellow legal pads because, uh-huh. and blue pens. There's something about, yellow paper and blue ink that your brain connects with that better and memorizes it better. Oh, I'm and so to I did that um, to try to connect differently. Now I'm going to have to go rewrite my first step on a legal <laughs> pad and a blue pen. <laughs> and then you, don't, you, you know, to our, to our listeners who are out there, so a lot of this stuff might kind of sound silly, but there's a rhyme and a reason there is. to a lot of these to a lot of these things and, and I'll use this as a as a kind of a segue. You know, your therapist or your sponsor is going to ask you to do something that you are not going to understand and you might think is silly or doesn't make any sense. Yep. You know, you know what I thought when he said, I want you, this is great. Now go write it with your left hand. I'm like, what? Yeah. But do you know what? Just just do it. I don't want to spoil the ending, but just just go do it and see what happens. Yep. I remember multiple times you telling me Hey, go do this. Why? But it works. Uh-huh. You know, they're asking you to do something again. Uh, you probably heard this in other episodes. They're seeing something that you're not. Right. And this is a tool to help you get through it. And and your first step is really, really your first attempt to kind of, <coughs> excuse me. It's your first attempt to, to try to see yourself as you are, as you really are. Which is why I had to rewrite mine so many times to remove all of the, the fluff and the sugar coating that I had mm-hmm. done so often. Yeah. I would always try to spin things to make myself look in the best light possible. And, you know, I had to go through a lot of work to kind of strip all that away yeah. before I could present my first step. And that was... I think all of us have done that. Well, yeah. Um, I know my sponsors have. I know I have. I mean... 
mine was 38 pages and then I had to Shane like yeah. three pages. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not that it, there was a ton of fluff, but I put like, I put every detail in there, but there still was that fluff. And then I had to cut out all the extra details that didn't need to be in there. And then I had to clean it up, get rid of more fluff and then fine tune it. So, you know, people weren't there for hours and then like zoning it's, out. It's supposed to be a simple yeah. statement, you know, um, and I got it down. And then my other one was, okay, now for my full disclosure, I can use that. Um, so if you write the long form, I, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Um, but realize you do need to minimize this. Yeah. You know, your meetings may be an hour. They don't want you taking up the full hour. And if, depending on how you're going to present it or, or what that's going to look like, depending on exactly what your mm-hmm. what your group likes to do or the tradition. But but you, no, you're, you, you need to still kind of go through that process. And it is... Yeah, I'm really going to encourage you to, yeah, to to find a way to to vocalize that to somebody else. I would actually suggest a couple of things. I mean, uh, it's it's not uncommon for writers to have multiple versions of the same thing. Uh, I think for me, it was a helpful exercise to 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 have located in one place a chronological order of stuff. Mm-hmm. that happened as far as it relates to this addictive behavior. And I, I really, really, I would go back to that. And what I'm finding is is that, um, keep in mind, this is all behavior that we're trying really hard to forget, right? It's bad behavior that we want to erase from our memory, even though it may not. And so we do a pretty good job in some cases of, of, of removing it and forgetting it. And so when it comes up in our memory, like, oh, my word, that's a memory I need... I need to go add that into my, and so it's worthwhile to have this chronological event that we can just insert somewhere and say, this is important, and here it is. Um, that may not be the one that we're going to share with the, the, the 12-step right. group. Yeah. Okay? We're going to condense that one down to you know a couple of pages because we want to be respective of people's time and the meeting and everything else. And so a 38-page document isn't the one that we're going to do with that. Nope. But I tell you, it's sure helpful to have a place where I can go and and unleash all of that energy that's associated with the event that I have spent my entire life at minimizing or reducing or forgetting. And I think that's a that's a powerful component of what the first step is all about. So I hope that our listeners don't lose that aspect of it at all. This is a living document. Yes. This yeah. is a document we're going to start with today that will not be the same tomorrow or the next day, or a year from now, or 10 years from and now. If, if you do a good job of it, it'll be an invaluable tool when you sit down to do your fearless and searching moral inventory. That's right. That's exactly your, right. Your step four kind of work and that kind of stuff, it's going to be... It's the only thing I'm aware of. It literally is the only thing I'm aware of in life, where we literally make every concerted effort to excuse or minimize, or reduce, or forget entirely everything about it. You know, what? I, I mean, that's a that's really something interesting to think about, right? It's parts of our life where we simply say, "If I had the ability to blot that out, okay, I'm going to use the best sources I have available to me to make that go away." I can't make it go away completely, but I can certainly I can certainly forget a lot of the facts and figures around it. That's the only thing in life where that is true, where we really make a concerted effort to to do. Yeah, your trauma and things like yeah. that. Absolutely. You know what's kind That's of right. it's kind of interesting though, because the only way really to 
get rid of it, get rid of it, it or, or, or come to peace with yeah. it is to directly confront it and to yeah. write, you know, uh, oh, that's yeah. right. And that's such, that's so counterintuitive in a lot of ways, especially in the beginning, if you're just sitting down, you know, it's like, oh, this is the last thing I want to do is to yeah. start drudging up all this stuff. Well, like I said, that's exactly right. You know, I, I wrote mine up and it's like, I didn't want to tell anyone, you know, it's like, no, I got to keep this buried. No one else can know. But once it was done, it was so amazing. Yeah. And it was this burden lifted, especially since there are other people like, I get it. Well, I, for, we understand. For years and years of yeah. my life, I told myself, I'm going to take all of this to my grave. Oh, yeah, me no too. one will ever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, even but, if I have to send myself there, I'm, it's not coming out. Well, and it's so crazy because it, you know, it's like this imaginary, like, bag of rocks. We just keep putting one more rock in there and it just keeps weighing us down and weighing us down. And just the amount of energy we have to expend just to be norm, somewhat present and normal. To, to give the appearance yeah. of normality. It's just so exhausting. Well, it comes back to that unmanage, yeah. unmanageability piece that, that Mike was talking yeah. about. And then we finally say, enough's enough. We tell this story that's literally taking this pack and throwing it on the floor and saying, I'm done with this. Judge me however you want. And everyone's like, you're, you're great. Thank you for sharing that. And you're just like, you're staring at this like pile of rocks, like what? And then you walk away feeling so light. And as long as you keep doing recovery and doing these things, that that bag never comes back. Do you know? Do you know? I never really thought about it this way until we started having this discussion. But you know, when I was in the hospital, you know, after my attempt, and I was talking to the therapist, and and you know, he said, "What evidence do you have?" That, you know, I was saying I was a terrible person. He said, mm -hmm. what evidence do you have other than what you've shared with me? I, I never thought of it this way, but that first initial, this is this is everything that mm -hmm. I'm dealing with, that was a really crude, that was a really crude first step. Mm -hmm. You know, just yeah. unloading all of that and, and it needed to be refined. But But there were two things that came from that that were really, really interesting. For the first time in my life, after that was over, for the first time in my life, I felt hope. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe this might actually work, you know? And then the second thing that came from it was his response where he looked at me and he said, all right, now we can get to work, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think that, I think that, that those are the, the consequences and the lesson of a really well done first step yeah. is you'll feel the hope and now you can get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which which is exactly what the first step is supposed to him do, right? Exactly That's right. It's the place where we start. Now we can get to work. And oh my word, I'm feeling hopeful about the process here. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a <clears throat> that's exactly what's supposed to come out of a first step. It just so happened in your particular circumstance, they were actually voiced. Now here's the hope, and here's the, and, and now we can get to work. Well, like I said, I, I had to go back and refine it and things like that. But essentially, that's what it was. Yeah, in your case, and, and you know, and uh, those were the consequences. And really, that's where it all started. You know, interesting, interesting, interesting. I mean, the one thing I can say is I have not had any negative consequences come from me doing my first step. Neither have I. It has all been nothing but positives. Yeah, it's not easy work, but it is, there has not been a single it's negative. It's not always that's come pleasant either. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's uh, uh, when you say it's not pleasant, it's this moment of 
like dredging up all the the worst things that have happened in your life and and you know putting that on paper for everyone in the world to see <clears throat> and and sharing it for the first time with a handful of people and and all of that that's hard but but it's uh, when you say there's no negative consequences, I I couldn't agree more. Partly because it's a personal process. It's a, um, it was just it was cathartic. It was really helpful for me to go through, um, because it, it it lays out a clear pattern. That oh my word, I've been dealing with this since I was a very young boy. This isn't something that just happened last weekend. It may have been I may be acting out in a different way, but this has been this the thread goes years beyond what I even assumed. Which is helpful. Do you know what, guys? Have I taken the time yet today to tell you that you guys are some of my favorite people? Nope, you have now. You really <laughs> are, man. Just, I don't know, just kind of talking about this and going, you know, just thinking about my experience with you guys and other people's first steps and my own. It's like, oh, man. You know, so a lot of times they say the first step back is the hardest. And in a lot of ways, that's really true. Yeah. You know, but man, I am just, I don't know. You'll have to forgive me. I'm just so overwhelmed at the moment with, I'm just so proud of you guys. You guys are such good guys. Really. <laughs> I'm so, I really am so proud of the work that you guys have done. And, and watching you guys go through that first step is, I was just thinking about how, how much better, you guys are in such good place. Yeah. Such a good, so much better than you were. Much different place. Yeah. Even and, from and our very just, first episode, I'm in a much different I, place. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of overwhelmed with, with gratitude and joy. And I'm just really proud of you guys. You guys are really cool. We're all right back. What's, yeah, been, what's been fun about this whole entire process is, and, and clearly Gary's got a different perspective because he was there for both of us through all of that. But it has been really enjoyable to watch each other's recovery, to be a witness of all of that, to experience that firsthand, to see, uh, um, to see where we're all at now. Years later, I'm, uh, I'm coming. If you can believe this, in April, I'm approaching eight years uh, from when I started my path of recovery. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, that's remarkable. Yeah, it that's, is. That's, that's literally. Um, that's remarkable to me that that's the case, and so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with that. And I think about where you were at when I first met you, Gary. I think you had reached, you were somewhere in the neighborhood of four years. I yeah, believe that was the that math right? works out. Yeah, because I'll in in April I'll be end of March, beginning of April I'll be eleven eleven years. Wow. So so that yeah, makes your math works that out. Makes some sense. Um, so. Um, and then to watch, I remember the day when Daniel walked in for the first time and was like, oh, my word, my life is, you know, my life is chaos. It's unmanageable. It's, and all that was going along with all of that. And then, you know, he refers often to that moment of abuse that he took at the hand of a therapist. And, and yet how, how momentous that was for him, because it, it sort of broke through in ways that, you know, that could not have been done any other way. And, yep. and it broke the cycle of, of loathing and everything else that had gone on right yeah and so yeah. i am it's just fun to to now look back on our lives and say wow i've been a witness to all of that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that that that, that being a bit being a witness to someone else's recovery really does an awful lot for my own yeah yeah you get it's to really, you get to witness the miracle of somebody's life and it is it is yeah. 
Oh, well. Well, as I'm sitting here thinking, August will be five years on this. I mean, I not that I haven't tried recovery, but this is the first lasting recovery. Yeah. Because um, everything else was half measures. Sure. Um, but yeah, it'll be five years that I've been on this no, path. No mean feat. No, no. But, um, you know, and it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, uh, so it's say, uh, in Sage 1, you know, we're part way through. And then for those of you, uh, that's the, the program that our therapist does. Um, I remember him mentioning, you know, I didn't tell any of you this in the beginning, but, you know, the, when you, recovery and sobriety really stink, sinks in, it's somewhere between year three and five. So, you know, that's the long haul. And every, I just remember like, oh, my gosh, like five years, but I'm almost there at yeah. this point. Um, not that I've arrived in any way, shape or form. But, you know, sobriety is definitely set in. I'm doing well. So many good things are happening. And it's because I don't have this burden of this addiction anymore. Yeah. You know, that's, that is one thing that I'm super grateful for. I mean, I had a, an uncle that just recently passed away. And in his home, you can just see his addiction everywhere. Yeah. Um, alcohol, cigarettes. Um, and I, 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 I remember. I had this distinct memory going because I, I don't have a single memory without him having a can of beer in his hand or a cigarette in his fingers. And I'm sitting here going in after he's passed, just thinking, wow, I don't have that burden anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's sad that he never found that freedom. And so it's just, it's, I'm grateful yeah, as much as I hated that moment, I am so grateful. I know that yeah. Shane put the screws to me, you know, and I'm grateful for Mike for speaking up. Oh man, because I was not happy with Mike with what he was saying either. <laughs> He's already checked out. He's done. Um, you know, and then everyone else started because no one would say anything. And then Mike said something, and then everyone else started saying yep. stuff, and I'm just like, Mwah. but I'm grateful for it. Yeah, because I wouldn't be here where I'm at now had that not happened and isn't it nice to be here yes it is you know and and the great thing is i go into sessions with him and we laugh we joke around it's no longer this like oh my gosh i gotta go through gotta get through another session it's so much better it's so nice life is good and it all all started with the first step yes it did thank you you. that's exactly where i was going and it all started with the first step yeah it all started the first step so Literally, uh, all the good things that are going on in our lives collectively and individually that, that really all started with doing the work, mm-hmm. putting to you know pen to paper and saying, this is where my problems started at this point in time when my life was unmanageable and I was powerless over, yeah. over this problem. Absolutely. <laughs> I would say your step one is your journey towards sobriety, the yeah. start of your journey yeah, towards absolutely. sobriety. Yeah. Absolute truth. And now we can get to work. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and once it's on paper, now we can get to work. Yep. That's right. All right. Well, we're out of time. Wow. What a great way to wrap it up right there. What a remarkable uh, what a remarkable journey it's been. It really has. And uh, um, thank you all. To Thank you to both of you for being part of my recovery. And thank you to our listeners for being you know, for, for tuning in and, and putting up with our 
you know, are reminiscing of our own journey of, of step one. But that, but I, I think they're tuning in simply because um, because we represent something that they want. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to look back over where we were at to say that, you know, well, we, were, we were once in your shoes and we understand that. But you can have what it is that we have because there really is a path. There is. So. Life is good. Well, yeah, life is good. Life really is good. With that, this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery brings. And this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. This is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.